Hi and welcome to Working Well. I'm Suzanne McCabe from Life Switch Coaching and this podcast is about helping you to thrive in your career and your life. If you want to overcome workplace stress, build your confidence and get work-life balance back in your life, then this podcast is for you. Today in Working Well, when former US Air Force and Fleet Captain for Alaska Airlines, Dennis Mellon, suffered a heart attack, his 28-year flying career ended. I've got the pleasure of interviewing him today to hear his story about his career transition and what he learned from being forced into a different career path. Dennis, I'm delighted to welcome you today. Please tell us about your background. Well, uh, first of all, thank you uh, for having me on, uh, on the uh, podcast. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity. Yeah, this uh, this was kind of an interesting uh, uh, beginning of the story. Of uh, Actually, um, the way I tell it in the, in the book is I talk about um, flying one day from Seattle down to uh, San Diego and back for the airline that I flew for. And then the very next day, I'm out mountain bike riding and I have a uh, serious heart attack. Well, I don't know if there's any other kind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, uh, I was up uh, mountain bike riding alone uh, on a trail out in the uh, foothills of the uh, Cascade Mountains near Seattle. Uh-huh. And uh, luckily, two hikers came upon me because uh, I was basically unconscious. So obviously, you don't want your you don't want your airline pilot to have that in their background unless they're fully uh, recovered. And unfortunately, the damage that occurred to my uh, to my heart was serious enough to where I was not going to be able. I I was prohibited from flying any longer. Of course. So it was like it's like uh, one day you're on top of the world, thinking, "Wow, look at look at I'm uh, I'm at the pinnacle of my 30 year career, and I'm uh, it's not easy work, but I'm making it look easy." And then the next day it's gone, and I have to tell you, it was pretty devastating. Oh, Dennis, and I, so can can you tell me? Um... You said you were at the pinnacle of a 30-year career. Can you give me a bit of background as to how that career evolved then and how you got to that point before this catastrophic event happened? Well, yeah, I can. Um, the, 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 the genesis of it really is uh, I, I'm 10 years old at my father's Air Force base in Germany at the time, and I'm looking at the airplanes flying overhead, and I'm going, hey, that's pretty cool. That's what I want to do when I grow up. Of course, my wife says uh, there's some doubt as I've, if I've ever reached that point, but that's a different story, you know. <laughs> um, but from there, I had a singularness of purpose. I wanted to be a professional pilot and make a career out of it. So I, uh, at the time, I thought it would be a military career. So I went to the uh, U.S. Air Force Academy in uh, Colorado Springs for four years and then went to pilot training and flew the uh, uh, airplane that I was assigned out of pilot training, a, a, a Air Force tanker, a KC-135, for about five or six years, and I transferred to a, the larger tanker, the KC-10, and did that for the remainder of my career, uh, including in the uh, Air Force Reserves. But simultaneously with that, I got a job with Alaska Airlines, which uh, where you live might not be at the top of a uh, of list of known airlines in the US, but it is the fifth largest air carrier in the United States. Right. And I spent a 28 year career with them. So uh, yeah, I got to be a professional pilot, but at age 56, this happened to me and I still had, you know, uh, some seven years I could have in my career. And 
um, I wasn't ready to retire or to do anything. So it was like time for a do over. What do I, what do I, what's my new work purpose? What's my new why from here? Yeah. So, I mean, it just it must have been absolutely, you said yourself, it was devastating. Um, can you tell me a bit more about the sort of emotional journey you went on after that heart attack and the sort well, of mental transition of, like, I can't do the career that I loved anymore, you know? Yeah, I, it's it's one of those things of, uh, I think it's there's a saying about if you love your job, you'll never work a day of your life. Yeah. Uh, of course, my friends will say I've never worked a day in my life anyway. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, is uh, uh, I loved working at that. And, you know, uh, I don't know what it's like where you live, but, it, it, you know, a, a, an 18-year-old when they're graduating from what we call high school, um, a lot of times they're faced with, what do I do from here? Do I go on to college? Do I get a job? Do I go to a trade school? Do I just, uh, what, what do I do? Yeah. Well, I, I I mentioned that from age 10, I had a signalness of purpose. And now at age 56, I'm the 18 year old trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Because, you know, 56 is not the, is not the time uh, where you're going to sit back uh, in the rocker, be what I call a uh, journey to geezerville and sit back <laughs> in the rocker with the remote and a cool drink, wondering what uh, TV shows you're going to work for, watch for the day. So I, I, uh, I went, through uh, a, a period of time where I was pretty depressed, but I had a neighbor come over and sat me down and, you know, it was pretty point, a point about uh, the questions he asked. He was asking, uh, well, what are you going to do? And I'd say, well, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. He said, well, he kept asking, what are you going to do? And mm -hmm. the point of it he was trying to make is it's time to stop thinking about what has happened and not worry about what's going to happen, but take care of what's happening right now. Absolutely. What yeah. can I do right now? So mm -hmm. I, I, I started the whole resume and job application process and uh, set out daily goals and and uh, tried to expand my network. And, and, and I've, I finally landed a job uh, well, with another airline, uh, not as a pilot, but uh, handling their uh, standardization and training uh, for, uh, some five or 600 pilots at the time. So mm -hmm. it was, uh, but it still wasn't, wasn't my purpose. So. And so knowing that it wasn't your purpose, then, um, what, what did you do about that? Well, that was, that's a great question because there was a lot of soul searching that went on and, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's one of those things of, hey, Dennis, what are you good at? Um, well, I have a gift for gab. Maybe I can, uh, you know, uh, help uh, people through uh, speaking engagements and and uh, and to help people with uh, uh, athletic coaching and mental performance as far as athletes. So I uh, took a few uh, different uh, courses for certifications and also joined a, a speaking group that uh, helped me tremendously uh, put together a, a signature speech of, of how to sell my book or, or how to sell my, uh, my uh, leadership classes that, or leadership training that I provide and, and advertise the one-on-one -on -one coaching. 
because I always felt like I had something more to give. I wasn't ready. I wasn't like we were saying, I wasn't ready for Geezerville, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you you had trained other pilots in one of the airlines. You um, learned how to do public speaking and improve public speaking and help other people with that. You did some leadership training as well. Um, So it sounds like you had quite a few different careers after your heart attack. Well, uh, yeah, it was one of those things of, um, you know, dabbling to see what my new purpose was, what what I could connect with to get excited about, to where I could maybe get back to that feeling of uh, 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 having a job but never feeling like you worked a day of your life on it, you know. Uh So, yeah, I I get excited when I can connect with people and and uh, make that little difference with that person that each person that you contact. And I think um, with with my book, especially I've had several people come back and say, you know, um, that really struck home or it, it, it was really a page turner. I, I, I really enjoyed, it meant something to me. Uh huh. Yeah. And so do you feel you've found that sense of purpose again? in your leadership training and in your writing that you're connecting with people and that that's your new purpose it sounds like that's your new purpose yeah i it it is i don't i hope it's coming across that i'm enthusiastic about this because i i want to get that story out to where or 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 to teach somebody how to connect with with uh, how to be a good leader Uh how to be that positive leader that uh that uh uh, I mean, my uh, my business is called Be a Bean, but it's it's uh, it's being that that coffee bean that goes into that roiling boiling pot of water and makes and changes it into something that smells good and tastes good. Well, that's the same thing as as a leader. You can't change it all of a sudden. It has to go through that roasting, grinding, brewing, boiling. Uh, but if you can influence the water around you, if you can influence the people around you to get excited about work, then you've become that bean. So that's my tagline. But uh, <laughs> I hope the enthusiasm for that comes across because um, I get excited about making that difference with people. Uh, and that will translate to your work. And of course, if you're helping people with leadership, you're helping them inspire others and you're creating a positive culture in the workplace as well. And helping people to uh, be at peace with their work and and enjoy their work. You know, and so many people go through life uh, working in jobs that they're just not passionate about. You know, right. so by right. training people to be good leaders, you're also supporting the people under them. Um, it's kind of funny because it actually starts right after the, you you hire a person. You should be ve- developing, starting to develop them as a leader, as an influencer. Because mm-hmm. at some point, even if they're uh, in a, a team project, they may be the leader. Or for certain situations, um, they may be the uh, subject matter expert. Uh, that that is trying to promote something, so they need to be able to lead it. So you're you're you should be constant constantly training that next generation of, uh, of leaders, no matter how big your business is. Yeah, and and by influencing the people below you, you're you're creating a, a culture that's going to kind of ripple down a positive workplace culture that's going to ripple down through the 
uh, the different layers of the workplace, if you like. Right, um, right. Sounds, mean, like you've, got, sounds like you have a handle on it too. You, you know <laughs> where that needs where that need is, right? Well, do you know, I uh, I personally I didn't do directly do people management. Um, so it was project management that I did. Um, I worked in a economic development company, and I advised uh, small to medium sized businesses about uh, IT and how they could use it for business growth and development and uh, kind of help them scope the project out, find suppliers for projects, um, gave them unbiased advice because uh, we were publicly funded. And uh, and yes, just encourage them to apply for grants and kind of justify the spending um, on the company on the basis that they were going to increase their turnover um, or take on new employees or uh, innovate their product in some way so that, right. that's that's what I did in a previous life so there was a lot of um, yeah. hopping about from one project to the other um, kind of wearing different hats and and understanding different types of projects um, but uh, I, I was actually forced to make a career transition myself um, after I burned out and uh, ended up off work for two years so um, at the time, um, my mum was in hospital with psychotic depression uh, and she remained in hospital for uh, a number of years, actually. And um, my three children were all pretty young at the time. And uh, the job that I was in was was busy and I was doing it two days a week. So it was kind of like trying to cram almost a full time workload into two days. And I, I just burned out and I started to get panic attacks and uh, I ended up off work myself and um, I realised that my job was really the only thing that I could change. You know, you you were talking um, about your neighbour saying, what are you going to do next? You know, encouraging you to think about what you can change now. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was kind of forced into that because I realised that um, I wasn't going to be able to return to work. Um, I had chronic fatigue and my energy was poor and um, occupational health weren't happy to take me back on on the limited hours that I could offer. So, so yeah, I I realised with my mum in hospital, I I realised how passionate I'd become about good mental health. And I decided to retrain and go into uh, life coaching. And um, that way I could also fit it around my family and school yeah. runs and things like that nothing, and I can fit it around my health so yeah there's nothing that uh gets you uh going uh or or coming out of uh depression or anxiety than to go out and help somebody and yes. if, if there's a real sense of accomplishment if you've helped somebody and I think that's the whole premise of uh servant leadership that we that uh, is the common invo- invoked uh term that we use now is what can I do for Susan at work to make it, you know, exciting to 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 get her uh, to get her and uh, and her uh, uh, peers uh, engaged in the work? Because mm-hmm. I think there's a statistic out there about um, disengaged employees can cost you eighteen uh, percent of your pay- payroll. Oh yeah, uh, and and lost uh, um, productivity. So yes. even if you can recover some of that by getting them engaged, 
to, to help them with their mental uh, uh, approach to things, to help them uh, out of depression, to help knowing what they do outside of work so that you know what motivates them when they're doing work, you know? Yes, absolutely. And now it's been especially uh, important in the last year with the pandemic and being at home and conducting business over Zoom calls. And, and uh, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm a, I'm a hugger, handshaker, and uh, knuckle bumper, you know, I mean, uh, and this drives me crazy that we're not be able to uh, connect face to face. This, uh, I would love to have this, of course, we've got some distance involved, but I would love for this interview to be face to face. Yes. There's just more connection there. There is. I, I think um, where I've missed the face to face, Dennis, is uh, like I missed it with my choir because there's nothing like standing in a room and hearing yeah. a, a bunch of people singing together and singing at a, yeah, yeah uh, singing at a screen is is just doesn't cut it at all yeah. but for yeah. me personally i've done a lot of um online calls even before the pandemic so in that sense there wasn't a big change for me um but say uh, i i missed going out and seeing people same uh, face to face so socially um your story caught my attention because of the the sort of forced career transition i thought we've, we've got something in common there and certainly for me um being off work it really forced me to reflect on what wasn't working in my life and right. focus on my my true passions and consider a career where i was putting my health and family first um so i'm wondering you know what was the main things that you learned during your career transition dennis well, uh, there are some um, some sayings and, and, and quotes from various people that kind of uh, helped me move in that direction. And one of them was uh, the U.S. Navy SEALs, you know, the tough guys in the uh, that do the uh, uh, anti-terrorist stuff in the in the one of the groups that does it in the U.S. Uh, kind of like the uh, 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 some of the other Secret Service things that the uh, uh, Great Nine Britain, five or something. yeah, yeah. So um, they they have a term that they call uh, DWI, and in the U.S., most people think of that as driving while intoxicated. Uh -huh. But theirs is uh, theirs is a uh, uh, deal with it. Yes, and it's in the, in regard of uh, you know uh, we're surrounded and we're running out of ammunition. Deal with it. What, you know, otherwise, all you're doing is worrying about what happened or what's going to happen. So it gets back to the theme I was talking about earlier, to be where your feet are and understand we have no control over the events or something's going to happen all the time. Witness the uh, the uh, uh, pandemic that's occurred. We had no control over it, if most of us. But the fact of the matter is, is at some point there's going to be an outcome. And the best we can do is what is our response going to be to this event to where we can influence that outcome? So that's what drove me. Uh, no matter what I was searching for, and I went several different routes, obviously, um, to find my new why, I, I had to, I had to, whatever events were coming up, no, you didn't get selected for this job, or, or no, you're not qualified, or you don't, or you're missing these components that we require or that just doesn't really interest me after you've talked to her, how do I influence or how do I take those lessons to influence the outcomes that I want? I may not have a perfect outcome, but at least it's an outcome that 
I've had some influence on. So I think as a life coach, you probably have talked to people, well, what's under your control? Yeah, absolutely. You know, what is under your control? And any of the uncontrollables, uh, don't worry about them. They're, they're out of your control. Mm -hmm. But concentrate on what, what you can control and how you can influence that outcome. So, Yeah, exactly. What can you control and what are you going to do specifically yeah. in order to, to help control that? And, uh, yeah, if you can't control it, um, then it's about acceptance or... Maybe you want to pray about it or you yeah, might want yeah. to meditate on it, you know, whatever works for you. But you need to come to some peace with the fact that you, you can't control it. Yeah. Right. Um, Dennis, it's been a real pleasure chatting to you today and hearing your incredible story of your flying career and the successes you've made before and after your heart attack. I know you, you mentioned your book. Um, congratulations on getting that out. So... Tell us about it and where we can find out more about you, please. Well, the book is entitled uh, Takes More Than Heart, uh, Changing the Journey's Challenges into Opportunities. Mm. And uh, okay. there's always going to be challenges there. Um, it's available uh, <laughs> with all the uh, usual ones, uh, usual outlets, vendors, uh, Amazon, Bar Barnes & Noble is a big uh, book company in the U.S., uh, Friesen Press in Canada, um, you know, and actually if, uh, if, if there was a way to, to contact me, I, I would get, I could sell it personally and have, get signed copies to people. Oh, so, fantastic. Uh, yeah. And in fact, uh, we may have to talk, I may have to get your address to have you uh, send you a copy. That might be a good oh. thing. Oh, <laughs> I would love that, Dennis. Yeah. I would love that. Thank you. So um, the web page is, is probably one of the best uh, uh, sources. It's uh, uh, takesmorethanheart.com, all one word, takesmorethanheart. Takes more than actually, heart. Yeah, and there's actually a, a, a trailer on there. Uh, I, I saw it. My, my I son, it. My, did, did you? Yeah, my uh -huh. son put that together. They're they're all into uh, uh, cinematography and and uh, sound design, uh, adding sounds and stuff. So they did that completely. I, I was pretty really impressed. I've gotten a lot of good feedback from it. So yeah, I I liked it, and as a cyclist as well, you know, it really mm -hmm. spoke to me. So uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, listen, Dennis, thanks very much for your time today. Um, I know you'll have inspired many people to face their career transitions with confidence and determination. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. I, I, I can uh, uh, say that I'm starting to go international now, right? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Dennis, listen, thanks again and you take care. If you'd like to know more about what I do here at Life Switch Coaching, then you can go to my website at www.lifeswitchcoaching.com or you can email me at suzanne at lifeswitchcoaching.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E at lifeswitchcoaching.com. Thanks very much for listening and take care.